Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going? How's July treating you? Here in Florida, it's either hotter than you know what, or it is raining torrentially, and there doesn't seem to be any little happy medium. But again, it's Florida, so we kind of expect it. As a reminder, if you are a mid-career high achiever with the goal of entering into the C-suite, I'd love to talk with you about my new coaching program, Highly Promotable. There's a link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary consult. You can also access my website to learn more about it. Let's start today's topic with my definition of a career pivot. So we're going to be talking about what you must do in your job search if you're pivoting careers. So my definition of a career pivot is, I think, basketball. So when they're not dribbling the ball, they have to pivot. They can't pick both feet up. So you have to keep one foot on the floor at all times. So that a career pivot is you keeping one foot in either your job function or your industry and pivoting out of the other one. That is different from what I'm going to talk about in a moment, which is a career reinvention. So some examples might be maybe you're pivoting out of human resources into marketing, but you're remaining in the consumer products goods industry. So you're CPG. Or you're pivoting out of manufacturing and into CPG while remaining in accounting. So you're keeping one foot into one of the things, either your function, the the kind of work that you do, or the industry that you do it in. So a career and reinvention, on the other hand, is moving out of both of those. I don't recommend that unless it's absolutely necessary, unless you're very early in your career where many people do a career reinvention before they land in their desired path. The reason it's not a great idea after you get to a certain level is that you oftentimes are going to have to start at or near the bottom. I would recommend in those situations, and I've talked to many of my clients about a two-step pivot, and this makes a lot of sense to them. So they they pivot, right? They pivot out of either their job function or their industry with the intention of doing another pivot once they get some experience in that new area. So some examples here, maybe you want to move out of marketing and into operations. To be more marketable, you're going to stick with your current industry, tech, to make this move. However, your ultimate goal is to be in real estate operations. So you look for an employer who might also be able to make that happen down the road. Or even if that employer, you know, doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like a possibility with that employer, At least you're now getting that experience that you didn't have, that operations experience, and that's going to allow you to then pivot again. Another example, your ultimate goal is to move from nonprofit operations management into for-profit sales 
of something that leverages your passion for animal welfare. That's the type of nonprofit that you've been in. So you initially look for an operations role in the for-profit sector, say in a company that makes high-quality animal feed or products with the goal of moving into sales as you learn the business and become a known quantity with your employer. So again, I want to make it very clear, a career, a, a two-step pivot, you don't have to be looking for a company that can allow you to do that second pivot. It is a nice bonus if that's a possibility, because theoretically, not only you know do you not have to leave that company, but also if there are people doing the work that you want to do in that company, you would have the opportunity to maybe be mentored by them learn from them, network with them, and hopefully have an inside track. Now, what do you need to do in your job search if you're pivoting careers? I, I came up with some things that are absolutely essential. And to be clear, a version of these is important for everyone. But I'm going to highlight how much more important, how much higher the bar is when you're pivoting. So I want you to think about it this way. Think about any set of job applicants for any position Think about it in a three-tier way, meaning tier one, top tier, people who have industry and function experience. The bottom tier is going to be those who have neither industry or function experience. That middle tier then is where you're going to fall if you're pivoting. You have either the industry experience and not the function experience, or you have the function experience and not the industry experience. So I want to make it very clear that we're going to talk about what you need to do with your resume, but I, I want to make it very clear that your resume alone is not going to put you in that top tier. Even if it's written by me, one of the top resume writers in the world, it's still not going to be in that top tier because you don't have both the industry and the function experience. So the first thing you need for this job pivot is to know what you are pivoting to. You've got to have a new goal in mind. It can't be I just want to run away from this company, this industry, this job function, whatever it is. It can't be about that. Not only is that not focused enough for you to know how to proceed with your job search, you're not going to appeal to employers because they're going to sniff out that lack of decision. And then the final thing I want to say about that is if you don't know where you're going to, you're being reactionary. You are you are coming from a place of maybe fear, embarrassment, shame, whatever it may be that is causing you to leave what you are leaving, and that energy will not serve you. So it's really important to know what you are moving to, what your new goal is, what that bigger plan is. So that's number one. You need to know where you are pivoting to. Secondly, you need a transferable skills resume. And I always say this is a much more difficult proposition than writing a linear resume. You know, you've been in the same career path. You know, it, it's all very linear. This is more challenging. One of the things we like to say in the resume world is you can't read the label of the bottle that you're in. And especially when you're thinking about transferable skills, it may be very difficult for you to assess yourself in terms of what are the skills that I want to bring forward that are my strengths and that I am passionate about? What are the skills required in this new field? How can I position myself on paper to appeal in this pivot situation to, to a prospective employer? You've got to know how what you've done and what experiences you've had 
translate into this new field or this new job function. You cannot expect an employer or an applicant tracking system to intuit that. So those transferable skills is an important piece. And I, I highly recommend that you work with someone like me who, who is a professional resume writer who can really pull those things out of you. So that's number two, you need a transferable skills resume. Number three, you need to understand the issues and the vocabulary of the field that you are going into. You need to be able to talk the talk for the interview, to be able to talk the talk in the, in the marketing documents, talk the talk on your LinkedIn profile. Now, the balance is you don't want to come across as a know-it-all because they know that you don't know it all, right? They may know you don't have that experience if you're pivoting, but you want to show that you have enough interest in the field to have done your homework, to understand the issues, the trends, the challenges, and to be able to speak intelligently about them. And, and any time that you come prepared like that to an interview, you are going to be perceived as being more intelligent than someone who has not properly prepared. Even if your IQ numbers were exactly the same, you're going to come across as smarter. If this is a new industry, you want to look up what are the major issues of that industry? Who are the competitors? Where does this company that you're interviewing with fit in kind of theirs? There Are they the leader? Are they an up-and-comer? Are they number two? And what does that mean for them? What does that mean? What are their differentiators compared to their main competition? If it's in a job function, is it possible for you to complete a certification or get some other coursework or training in that function? And that's going to speak to not only you're going to be able to talk the talk better and be more knowledgeable, but it's going to speak to your motivation level to be in this new field. Something as simple as a LinkedIn course, or it could be something much more comprehensive like the PMP, Project Management Professional Certification. It's also a great idea to talk with people in the new industry or the new job function, whatever you're pivoting into, so you get the real story because you want to balance what you see online and you know news articles and all of that with real world experience, real world you know situations and what people what people would have to tell you what their advice is. So that's number three. You need to understand the issues and the vocabulary. Number four, <laughs> you cannot rely on job boards. Now, to be clear, I say that to everyone. In fact, I wrote recently on. Um, there is a new-ish function on LinkedIn where it's AI-generated content about a subject, and when it's career-related, job search-related, I get pinged as being an expert in that field, and do I want to contribute to this AI-generated article? And so, of course, I go on there, and I read the article, and it, it has several like points, and then it gives you an opportunity to comment on that point. And the question or the, the comment from the AI-generated article was, you know, look for things to supplement job boards in your job search. And my comment was, let's turn that around. Let's look for ways to conduct an effective job search and allow job boards to supplement that, especially if you're mid-career level and if you're upper level, job boards may not play any role at all. So to be clear, no one should depend solely on job boards. But when you are pivoting, you simply can't. Remember what I said at the outset, you're going to be in that middle tier at best because you don't have both industry and function experience. So what we want to do through our networking is move ourselves either 
up to the top of that middle pile, or better yet, maybe we sneak in to that top pile. Because once they see us as three-dimensional and they get to know us and they get a sense of our fit with our organization, their organization, we are not an unknown quantity. We are not one-dimensional from our resume. And they are more likely to be able to see the value that we would bring and be able to look over or look past what we don't have. So here are the solutions. Number one is that plus one approach that I've talked about many a time on this podcast, doing one thing in addition to applying online, just like everybody else. So well, who can I talk to? Who can I ask to put in a good word for me? How can I meet the decision maker? Who can I reach out to? How can I make myself stand out beyond the application process that everyone is doing? And then the second thing is, of course, networking. You want to get FaceTime with the decision makers, again, like I said a moment ago, so they can see you as that dimensional professional who has the qualities, the motivation, the personality to be a good fit for their organization. If you've ever heard about the book Good to Great, Jim Collins talks about you know getting the right people on the bus and getting them in the right seat on the bus. And that's what good companies, great companies do. They know that they can train you, if it's a pivot into job function, they can train you in the basics of that job function. If it's a pivot in industry, they figure if you were great in sales and CPG, you'd be great in sales and manufacturing. They just need to teach you what their company's product is, processes, you know, all of that. What they know they cannot train you on is things like motivation and fit with the company company mission. So good companies recognize here's what's um, sort of fixed, which is your motivation level and your 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 fit with the organization, your you know cultural fit, and here's what is malleable, which is your knowledge base. So that's the last one. You cannot rely on job boards. So as usual, I want to give you my DIY versus DFY segment. So DIY, do it yourself. What does this look like? I'm not going to talk about DIYing your resume as a pivoter because I really don't think you should do that. So let's talk about how to DIY your decision process for what industry or what job function you want to pivot to. This is really a time to take a step back and reflect on your career thus far. What specifically have you enjoyed and not liked about your previous positions? Journaling is a great idea here because you can put it down on paper. You can put it down and come back to it many times. You can reflect and really process what you're seeing on paper. What do you want to leave behind? So think about it like, I don't know, like a move. So if you're, if you're going to move and, and move to a new home, you're going to make some decisions, right? You're not, most people aren't going to automatically pack up everything they own. They're going to take a critical analysis of, okay, this thing is worn out. This thing no longer serves me. I never really liked this thing. It's not going to fit in the new home. And they curate their content, everything from furniture down to, you know, the junk drawer. And this is really what you want to do with your job search. What do you want to leave behind? What are you done with, right? I, I, I've completed my need to do that activity, to engage in that, that skill set. Those are called burnout skills, and those are things that you're good at but don't enjoy doing in, anymore, or maybe you never really enjoy doing them. 
No one ever asks you to do the things that you hate and are terrible at, but they do ask you to do the things you hate and are good at. So you want to be very clear on what are those things that I'm ready to leave behind. Conversely, what are your motivated skills? So what do you both enjoy doing and are very good at? You want to do that going forward. Maybe you want to do more of that. Maybe it's a, an emerging motivated skill that you've just discovered in your current role and have been very limited in your ability to, to do that skill, to use that skill, and you want to expand on that going forward. And now AI can really help you here. So ChatGPT asks some questions about various occupations and industry. What is involved in, right? Being a fill in the blank. What are the, what is the job description for a, right? That's actually something that I use AI for. In the coming months, I'm going to be talking a lot about AI and, and its uses and limitations. And one of the things that I use it for is I want to get a good job description of, I most recently was working with someone who was in, she was a dental assistant and she's, she's trans, is a transferable skills resume. But I also, in addition to the transferable skills she possesses, I wanted to get much clearer on what are the things a dental assistant does that she hasn't told me about. And so this gave me some really good keywords to kind of pepper in there. From your perspective, you can, you know, ask it and get get a sense of what does this job entail. You can also do informational interviews, and I've done podcasts on that. I've had guests on before to talk about informational interviewing, and that's extremely helpful. So asking multiple people in this new field or this new industry, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? What are some myths you'd like to dispel? What's a typical day on the job like? How did you get to your role? What does your career path look like? And I said multiple people, because if you're going to do informational interviews, you need data points. One data point is, is just anomalous data, right? We don't have any way of knowing if that's valid data. So you want to ask two or three people, minimum, the same questions. And I also recommend, finally, in the DIY segment, find, uh, sign up for my professional purpose five-day course. So it's, if you go onto my website, and I've got the link in the show notes, exclusivecareercoaching.com, up at the top, you'll see a link called free resources. And on that page, you'll find a link to professional purpose. And that's a course that comes to you over five days. There's activities every day for you to do. And it really helps you to home in on what this new field might be or this new career path. DFY, done for you. So what might a career, a career coach such as myself do to help you plan your pivot? First of all, there may be self-assessments. So coupled with my expertise, the expertise of a coach, to help you understand what the results are telling you and how to apply them. So there's plenty of free resources out there if you want to just jump on the internet and do it yourself. But if you want it done in a more curated fashion with the right assessments, the best fit assessments for you, you're going to want to go to a career coach. You're also going to want that expertise in, okay, now that I've taken this assessment, what is it actually telling me? Because I guarantee you a career coach is going to be able to pull a lot more information, valuable information for you out of that than if you were to just look at it on your own. And there are certain assessments that you're not allowed to access on your own because you don't have the, the certifications or qualifications to do so. Another thing that a career coach is going to do is assign homework. So I mentioned informational interviews and other things to help you get where you, you know, to the decision that you want to make. 
And it's not enough to just say, go do informational interviews. A, a coach is going to help you. What are the questions I should ask? Who should I ask them of? How do I contact them? What do I do afterwards? Like the whole thing you're going to maybe need help with. Another thing that a career coach can do is coach you to help you come to the best decision for you. This is not about giving you advice like your parents or well-meaning friends and family. This is about guiding you through the decision-making process with coaching skills, with expertise, so that you make the best decision for you. And if you would like to schedule a complimentary consult with me to discuss my career coaching program and, and what that would look like, I've got the link in the show notes. So I hope this has been helpful to give you some thoughts about career pivots and how you might approach them. So I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.